the Heritage Foundation. I'm Tim Desher, and this is Heritage Explains. Is there anything more American than grabbing a date, grabbing some candy and popcorn, and going to the movies? Here's looking at you, kid. Life is like a box of chocolates. And how about some good old-fashioned Chinese censorship? Wait, what? It is a question you might never have considered. Is China taking over Hollywood? The Chinese are financing some of your favorite films, buying theater chains. It is a growing trend. Major Chinese production companies teaming up with Tinseltown, which is leading to concerns over pro-China propaganda making its way into major American blockbusters. Here's an interesting fact. If you go to a movie theater right now, there's a pretty decent chance you're going to be seeing a Hollywood movie with a budget partly from China. That is actually true of two of the top three movies out right now. And it's just one sign of a global power shift in entertainment that's already changing the movies you see. The Chinese government only allows a small number of foreign movies into China each year. And after America, China is the number two biggest movie-going country in the world. So it's only natural for American movie makers to try to please the cultural gatekeepers of the Chinese government. They've been doing it for years. In the disaster movie 2012, Humanity is saved because the Chinese government had the foresight to build life-saving arcs. And in Gravity, Sandra Bullock survives by getting herself to the Chinese space station. That movie did so well in China, she went back and reshot the blind side with an underprivileged table tennis player. China is on track to overtake the U.S. as the largest consumer of movies in the world. They love Hollywood. But do they love the same Hollywood we do? As most know, China is communist, and while they are somewhat economically open, there is still significant control over the content Chinese people are exposed to. It goes something like this. In order for the U.S. film to crack the Chinese market, certain themes cannot be portrayed, certain products must be taken out, And certain speech must be limited. Seems easy, right? Not so much. Hollywood is relying more and more on the Chinese markets to make profits on movies. That means our films are being written with China in mind. American audiences are being submitted to censorship, not our own censorship, but a foreign power censorship and a communist party censorship. But we we get shown a very saccharine, uh, benign... uh, view of China, in which China is a normal country, you know, no different uh, from Paris or, or Britain or Germany. That is not the case, obviously. Uh, you know, if you if you speak against the government in Germany, nothing happens to you. If you speak against the government in China, they throw you in jail. Mike Gonzalez is a senior fellow in the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy here at the Heritage Foundation. And he's not only done extensive research on China's attempt to infiltrate American culture, but he's actually experienced it firsthand. He explains. I have worked there as a journalist. I have uh, traveled in China proper as a journalist. I've had many experiences with them. I've had my visa canceled in Shanghai because they didn't like what I was doing. That was back in the 90s. 
And then in 2004, I think it was 2003, or th- I, think, I think it was 2004, when I was editor of the editorial page of the Asian Wall Street Journal, I had um, officials from the Chinese government come and visit me and told me that I had hurt the feelings of the Chinese people. First, they presented me with a gift, uh, which is what they do. And then they said <laughs> the reason they were there was to tell me that I had hurt the feelings of the Chinese people. And, it, and that's, it, that's a stock phrase that they use. They use that with journalists. And we all have to resist the urge of saying, oh, my God, 1.3 billion people are all crying at the same time. <laughs> um, but uh, but it was just to tell me that I uh, – so I, I talked to my offices in New York, and we didn't make a big deal out of it. Uh, I didn't go to the, the consulate. The consul general, the American consul general, wanted, wanted to make a big deal. But my office in New York said, nah, you know, this is what happens with journalists. We, you know, we, we, we're used to this. We get pressure. So just write a really tough editorial against China, which is what I did. I wrote a really tough, which is not hard to do because there are so many things that they do wrong that uh, I just showed them by writing a tough editorial uh, that uh, that I was not going to be intimidated. I want to shift now to, to Hollywood. Sure. Um, there was a recent Wall Street Journal article that mm. talked about the growth of the Chinese uh, movie industry, which is quickly becoming the... Uh, well, it's the second largest, quickly becoming the largest uh, in the world. And it quoted, they said, it is yet another example of the frustrating reality in Hollywood. China is too big to ignore, but doing business there means subjecting any deal to the whim of an increasingly unpredictable government. Yeah, so China is has been catching up, uh, as you rightly said, is the number two box office uh, in terms of revenue after the United States. It will catch up soon. Let's not forget that China has 1.3 billion people. The United States has, of course, less than a third of that, 330 million people. Um, but the Chinese uh, box office revenue now uh, it's about 8.6 billion dollars. Uh, the American box office revenue is just over 11 billion dollars. So they're about uh, two, two, two billion uh, plus. Uh, we're two billion plus ahead, but they'll catch up to that. So it's just a significant market, and what's uh, that is great. What is worrisome about that is that in order to play in that market, uh, Hollywood studios have to do two things. First, they have there's a, there's a, uh, a quota system. China only lets in because China is not a fair uh, a fair trader. You know, Donald Trump. Uh, although we we don't like tariffs, but Trump, Donald Trump is not entirely wrong about that. China is not a fair trader at all. And that on that score, China, uh, Trump President Trump is not wrong. Right. Um, uh, but uh, on top of that. If you want to play in China, if you're lucky enough for your movies to have been chosen, uh, then you have to submit your script uh, beforehand to Chinese censors. And Chinese censors can and will and have done so uh, change your script, change your movie in order to portray China as as not the dictatorship that it is. Uh, but as a benevolent country, no different from the UK or France. So let's let's let me just stop you there. Uh-huh. So just just from the beginning, how does the review process work? Well, uh, a Hollywood studio will have a script, and then it will send it to the Chinese censor and say, this is a movie we might like to see uh, play in China at some point. The Chinese censor will go through it, and they say that there is a Tibetan character. This happened in a movie, I believe it was Red Dawn, uh, in which uh, there was a, uh, a uh, no, it wasn't a Red Dawn, sorry, it was Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange had a Tibetan character, and then the, the studio that was making Doctor Strange changed it to a Celtic character uh, in order not to acknowledge that uh, such a thing as a Tibetan exists. 
that the that there is such a country a, a, a an identity and a group of people called Tibetans. So what is China looking for when they're reviewing films? Well, you know, China has uh, very famously the three T's, uh, and that is Tiananmen, Tibet, and, Ta- and Taiwan. Uh, uh, Tiananmen is, is, is a proxy for human rights. Uh, very famously, China crushed a, a student-led uh, uh, protest in 1989 in Tiananmen Square, killing thousands of people, <clears throat> uh, of peaceful demonstrators, trampled or shot or, or run over by tanks. Um, and uh, they, uh, so, so China does not want anything to do with the June 4th, 1989 uh, the, the Tiananmen event or anything to do with any criticism of human rights, which are massive. China does not want any mention of the fact that Taiwan is a separate island, even though it technically is still a part of China, but they're a democratic, capitalism-free, none of, the, none of which China is. And then they also don't want any discussion of Tibet, which is a, a, a region which uh, has was invaded in the 50s, where the, the language and the customs and the religion of the place are suppressed. Has it always been this strict, or is it increasing more over time? Well, I mean... Uh, it's, it's had its ups and downs. Obviously, under Mao Zedong, which was the the man who imposed uh, Marxism, uh, communism in China in 1949, uh, it was uh, it was truly horrible. Then there was an opening in 79 after Mao's death, and it lasted till 89. That's about 10 years um, until the Tiananmen massacre. Then again, there was a tightening of the screws, and then back in in the in in the 1990s, there was a bit of an opening again, economic opening. The worrying part is that Xi Jinping, the new Chinese leader, early this year changed the constitution so that he does not have to rotate. Every every leader, pretty much since Deng Xiaoping died in, in 1996, I believe it was, that China has had rotating leaders, Hu Jintao, Jiang Zemin. Uh, but now Xi Jinping uh, looks like he wants to revive some aspects of Maoism. And so we're concerned that this is only going to ratchet up here uh, in light of this piece of the journal. They're making it harder, more regulations. Oh, and that's coming right from China. Especially, that's right from the, uh, especially the, the, China, the censorship of movies uh, early this year passed from uh, being a government body to a Communist Party uh, body. Wow. And that is, that's very important. So China has parallel institutions. For example, every province will have a governor who represents the government, and they will have a party leader who represents the the Chinese uh, Communist Party? Uh, the people who really has the power is the the Chinese Party leader. Uh, the, it's the Chinese leadership, the the Politburo, the Communist Party uh, Politburo. That that it, they're much more uh, truculent than the government, and they're much more powerful at the same time, which is very worrisome. That now the censorship of Hollywood movies, and it's not just censorship of Hollywood movies that are shown in the Chinese mainland. It's a censorship of Hollywood movies that are shown to American audiences. I like to talk about that. Now that is controlled not by the Chinese government, which which would be bad enough. That would be awful. And that's the case. It's now controlled by the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party. And yeah, let's let's jump into that a little bit here. Um, you've also written that now U.S. U.S. scriptwriters and producers are beginning to even preempt the censorship boards in China, and they're starting to write films that they know will be able to pass uh, right. the test That's in China. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we're I, self-censoring ourselves. Katzenberg talked about that, and I quoted in one of my papers. You know, it's it's Pavlovian. You know, if you know you're going to get whacked in the head when you do something, 
over time you tend not to do that. It, you don't need to be whacked in the head and then and then take it back. You will not do it yourself. So if you're a Hollywood studio and you know that Tibet is forbidden, you're not going to include anything about Tibet. And you know, for example, you you look at uh, at uh, uh, what's happened uh, with uh, what's the name of the, the the Hollywood star, the Pretty Woman, uh, the guy who was in Pretty Woman in the nineties. Oh, Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Yes. Richard Gere, who was Hollywood's biggest draw. Hollywood's biggest draw uh, until he disappeared from sight. Why did Richard Gere disappear from sight? Because he was palling it around with the Dalai Lama, the the the, the, the religious leader of Tibetans. And he was, he was promoting the cause of the Dalai Lama and of Tibetan independence and of the Buddhist religion. So any movie that Richard Gere makes is not going to be shown in China denying hundreds of millions of dollars to Hollywood studios. So guess who's not in a major Hollywood blockbuster and hasn't been in the last 20 years? Richard Gere. We are obviously a capitalist society here in America. No question about it. Uh, companies do things based on whether or not they're going to make a profit. Right. And and there, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm wondering where the intersection between economics and free speech and censorship goes here in this situation. Um, are, we, are we doing wrong trying to make money in this big market in China? Well, I would not uh, stop a Hollywood studio from doing the things they're doing mainly and basically because Hollywood studios are... Pr- private entities, and I don't believe that the government has a right within certain bounds uh, to tell a private entity what to do. What I would say is that there should be a standard. We should have transparency. If a Hollywood studio has submitted a script to Chinese censors, if Chinese censors have, have been invited on the set to guide how, how a movie is made. All these things that do happen. They are. They're on set? Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> they visit the set. If, if a Chinese censor has anything to do with a movie, it should be very clear to the audience. It should be shown in the credits. The script of this movie uh, was shown to Chinese censors. This movie was changed at the direction of Chinese censors. American audiences, uh, and uh, there's nothing we can do about Chinese audiences, but American audiences have a, the right to know which Hollywood studios and which movies are doing these things. And, um, and, and you know, Hollywood has a very extensive uh, media um, industry. Uh, you know, the, the, the journalists covering Hollywood ought to be writing about that, this, and ought to be policing the, the lack of transparency that is taking place. Mike, tell us about some other ways China is trying to infiltrate our culture just beyond Hollywood. Well... You know, the Chinese Communist Party is communist, uh, and the communists understand very well that the culture stands upstream from policy and from politics. And if you seize the culture, you've, you've gone a great way towards, you know, uh, f- f- impacting a population. Uh, so just like, uh, you know, we write all the time, I write all the time about how uh, Americans who have been influenced by Marxist thinking have had great sway in the academy, in the media, and in Hollywood – China itself tries to control these as much as it can to to promote its own message. So it's, it's got, for example, with radio stations, it's had a series of um, of, uh, of radio stations uh, through which it transmits Chinese-friendly propaganda. Um, with universities, it has the so-called uh, Confucius Institutes, of which I, th- I believe there's a hundred, I think, uh, all over the world, many of them in this country. And that is uh, Chinese government-controlled, Communist Party-controlled, Institutes that give universities a lot of money, 
to teach Chinese language and culture. Uh, but in exchange for that, there is a uh, contract that is secret uh, and through which the universities, it is often alleged with good reason, um, agree not to discuss the three T's, Taiwan, Tiananmen, or Tibet, wow. or anything that upsets China, anything that, that portrays China in a, in a way that the Communist Party does not agree or like. And in fact, many senators have gotten involved with this, Marco Rubio, uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, bills have been written uh, to try to prevent China from controlling. Our, our universities really should be about educating Americans to be better Americans, better future leaders, that not in not pro, not uh, spreading Chinese propaganda uh, that that mischaracterizes the nature of the Chinese regime. Congress and I want to write broad legislation that to get at the Confucius Institutes would stop countries uh, from um, you know spending money to 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 spread the culture of their country, which is what the Goethe Institute does with Germany, for example. Um, likewise with Hollywood. You know, I don't want to see the government telling Hollywood studios what to do. I would like to see the Hollywood studios themselves generate a, a, a you know, good practices in which they will inform audiences of what scripts have been submitted, which movies have, have been changed, or which movies have been approved by Chinese censors. That is not too much to ask. Mike, thank you so much for uh, being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's it for this week's episode of Heritage Explains. If you enjoy this podcast, we ask that you consider a year-end gift of support. This enables us to continue giving the best conservative policy analysis on today's most critical issues. Just go to heritage.org, click the donate button at the top of the website, and make your tax-deductible gift today. Michelle is on next week with a brand new episode. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher, with editing by Thalia Rampersad. Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? Then subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court.